it's time once again for another thrilling episode of Mark Out Radio. Of Mark Out Radio. For the next hour, sit back, pull the stick out of your ass, and enjoy. Be warned, though, smarks and internet know-it-alls will be offended, annoyed, and generally pissed off at what's about to happen to your ear holes. You've been warned. Now, Mark Out Radio. That's right. Welcome back to Markout Radio. Goes Nitro. Episode number 41 of this special run of Markout Radio. I got an email this week asking me what I'm going to do after this. I have no fucking idea, but guess what? There's like a hundred some odd episodes. I, I can think about it for a while. All right. So uh, this one's for June 24, 1996 out of the Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is now, by the way, called the Bojangles Coliseum. God. Holds 8,600 people. Hosted this week by Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. This week, Nitro continues its winning ways with a 3.3 in the ratings war against Raw's 2.7. There were 6,000 people in attendance out of the 8,600 it could hold, and uh, 4,238 actually paid to be there. Schiavone's on another bump, which reminds us that uh, Bischoff is still recovering from the powerbomb through the stage. Uh, We want Larry Chant lights up the crowd as we go back to watch Bischoff getting worked over for an extended clip. After this, we get a Gene locker room promo with Sting, Luger, Savage, everyone's rocking face paint, and Savage cuts the first part of the promo. Um, you know, Lex flexes a lot while Sting works the stick. And uh, when Lex gets the stick, he almost says WWF. Instead, he says WWWCW. I'm not really sure what company that is, but I don't think it's the one he's working for. Uh, the Signers come in, and they've got uh, WCW's back against the Outsiders, and the Harlem Heat then come in to stir things up as we've got our first promo for the main event tonight, a triangle tag team match. After this, we got our first match of the night, Public Enemy, Johnny Grunge, and Flyboy Rock-A-Rock defeating the Blue Bloods, Lord Stephen Regal and Squire David Taylor with Earl Robert Eaton and Jeeves at ringside in 5 minutes and 49 seconds. You know what I gave that one? You know what I gave that one? Zero. Point zero. It was a very important reason why. Um, and, and we're going to get to it as we go through the match here, all right? So first things first. Public Enemy have a new theme song. It doesn't sound quite right, and I'm not really sure what's going on here. All I can guess is that maybe the PA system sucks balls in here because a lot of the entrance music was not really... Really wasn't all that awesome this week, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I, so I'm, I'm thinking it probably has something to do with the PA system at the... Uh, at the facility. Now, that being said, I listen, there's a pre-match promo here delivered picture in picture from the public enemy, but it's not about the match that they're about to have. It's about the nasty boys. Uh, and there's no volume for the first part of it. Uh, now this Later, I discovered was for the upcoming pay-per-view, but it was just jammed in there. Made no sense since the pay-per-view is still a couple weeks away. This isn't the go-home, so you kind of have to explain what the fuck you're doing if if we know that this is building for a pay-per-view. Grunge is still rocking a cast on his right arm. Now it's got Nitro written on it. All right, cool. Um, I noticed here in this uh, match that Rocco Rock cannot even perform a simple hip toss. This is wrestling 101. I've... 
I'm able to do a hip toss and I'm a fucking old bastard. What the fuck? Why can a guy who allegedly has been trained to be a wrestler not be able to perform a fucking hip toss? And from Regal of all people. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's no there are not training wheels larger than this. I This is still wrestling even though these are hardcore monkeys. So, you need to be able to do the simplest shit amongst all the table breaking and nonsense. I, it only gets worse, though, as he works with Taylor and struggles to sell a small package. I'm not quite sure what they're celebrating afterwards and why the fuck the fans are popping for it. If this exchange happened today, anywhere in the wrestling world, there would be chance, merciless chance of you fucked up going on until they owned it. Now, where the fuck was Matthew and Botchamania at the time? Was he even born yet? Because that's prime territory for him right there. After this, Shivani lets us know the outsiders have arrived and security is on alert. And then there's a 1-800-COLLECT recap of the awful ending of this fucking clusterfuck of a match. Holy shit. It was awful. It was absolutely, absolutely awful. Just, ugh. All right. After that, we get a commercial break. Harlem Heat putting over the main event in a teaser promo, followed by Kip Abby. Abby? Abby? Follow, uh, defeating Kevin Sullivan with Jimmy Hart via disqualification in two minutes flat. Another one. Another one. Zero point zero. If I was grading it as a match, it gets nothing. If it's graded as a promo, two and a half out of five. But if it's graded as a match, awful. Uh, this is another power plant alumni in Kip Abby. Actually, pronounced according to Giovanni, a baby. Jesus. Who needs a better name? And his Nitro debut, actually his only televised match ever, including pay-per-views. He worked in WCW in 91 and 92, was released and worked in the Indies and Territories for a bit, then came back for a run in 95 and 96. Essentially, he's a jobber. That's not an insult. It's just what he did. Unfortunately, he's passed away by now. It's uh, actually on April 4th, 2017, just days before his 50th birthday. On April 11, 2016, he was in a three-car pileup and had to be hospitalized. In late January 2017, he had a GoFundMe going to help pay it off. He's got six kids. And just a few weeks later, he was gone. I, and I can't find any details on what the fuck happened. Clearly, if you look at him in the ring, he wasn't into steroids. But there are online theories that it was complications from the surgery he had to undergo while in the hospital. I mention this only because this is the reality of most wrestlers. If you make it to a big company, you're going to probably end up jobbing for a good portion of your fucking career in most cases. So if you're going to get into the sport, believe me, you have the support of people like me, but just understand this is what you're getting yourself into. Anyways, the crowd uh, was into this because it emptied out into the crowd. Um, Nick Patrick and Doug Dillinger followed Sullivan dragging poor, I'm just going to call him Kip around the arena um tossing him into a couple of walls eventually this led to a dq i'm not quite sure why it took so long for it to lead it into a dq or why the cameras had to follow it around or or what the fuck was going on but it feels like a full-on fucking sullivan work after this we get a post-match promo in the ring with gene hart and sullivan sullivan goes on to say this is horseman territory they came in they laid laid down a beating and they have survived well yeah they laid down a beating on somebody who's not a horseman what the fuck does that even mean after this, we get a commercial break with Malenko's sweeper text promo, followed by a Glacier Warrior promo. Oh, God. Fuck. Warrior. Jesus. Glacier. 
All right, after that commercial break, we get Dean Malenko defeating Bobby Walker in four minutes, 39 seconds. I gave two and a half out of five. Jesus, the ring babes are back wearing Hooter shorts and black nitro crop tops. Oh, it's it's truly a sight to behold. Now, I noticed in this match, Bobby Walker looks like a young black sting. He's got the size, the speed. He performed an excellent match despite being used largely as a jobber in the company. I'm not quite sure he's a cruiserweight, but I'm also not quite sure why he wasn't used more predominantly. I mean, I know he's got the weird baby teeth thing going on, but fuck, don't let him smile. Big deal. I, Sting rarely smiles. He screams a lot. I don't know. I just His physique and the, the his ability in the ring just reminded me a lot of a young Sting. And, and it's a shame that he didn't go anywhere, really. It sucks, but that is what it is. During this match, Disco Inferno comes out to celebrate his gold CD. I'm not quite sure he actually had a gold CD, but it, it, I mean, here's the thing. Glenn, Glenn loved, he was part of the booking committee and he loved to throw out crazy shit all the time. And I imagine after a while, just like any parent, you would just be like, oh my God, just fucking do what you want. Just do what you want. And when it fucks up, guess what? After this, we get a Gene entering promo with Malenko and Inferno. Now, Glenn is going to put himself over without getting so much as a tongue lashing from Mr. Personality here, Dean Malenko. I guess the whole point of this was that they have a match at the bash. Didn't really get that until the last line from Mr. Fucking Excitement over here. After that, you get a commercial break with an Anderson, an Anderson voiced promo of the Anderson Benoit versus Rock and Roll Express match, uh, Bash at the Beach promo, and a Saturday Night promo. Coming back from break, we get an Eddie Guerrero defeating the Barbarian match in 5 minutes, 37 seconds. Another 2.5 out of 5, solid match. Uh, back from his knee injury and a short tour of Japan as part of the WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Exchange Agreement. Guerrero is back on Nitro. Basically, it's your David Goliath match. Decently performed. Post-match, Gene and Guerrero have a promo in the ring. Throwback to getting him when uh, Guerrero got nailed in the balls during his loss to Conan. And he wants another shot at the U.S. title. They throw to the music for break before Gene asks Guerrero about the Outsiders invasion, then cuts off his answer as they throw to break. Back from commercial, oh, sorry, going to commercial break, you get Anderson Benoit versus Rock and Roll Scrawl teaser. And back from break, you get Anderson and Benoit with Steve Mongo McMichael defeating the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Martin and Robert Gibson in nine minutes flat. That one I gave three, three out of five. Decent match. The camera finds a couple of moves at ringside throwing up the four fingers. Yeah, you may want to pause because... It was quite good. Um, then again, I am partial to the fucking gingers. No music for the rock and roll as they count down. Dynamite timer is back, counting down so they can take their sweet ass time getting to the ring before the hour two promo cuts off, and then we get a commercial break. <laughs> Jesus. Back from the break, there were some technical difficulties, and uh, we're back from break mid-sentence from Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now, when people bitch and moan about CM Punk chants or heels going over with crowds from their hometown, I always point out what happens with the Horsemen and Flair in Charlotte. And it's happened for fucking ever. It's happened since the goddamn 60s. So it's not some, it's not some new phenomenon where fans don't have respect anymore. It's just something that happens. Fucking get over it. Now, because of that, though, these super, super faces, the rock and roll, spend the night getting heat while the horsemen get huge pops all match, especially when Mongo nails Gibson with the fucking briefcase. Post-match, Joe Gomez comes out to catch a beating. I'm not quite sure what the plan here was other than putting over the Mongo-Gomez match at the batch. But then you didn't know about that until the com- the commentary team covers it afterwards. I, Anyways... 
Eventually, Savage and Kevin Green make a beeline for the ring and clear it of the horsemen. Gene is backstage for a promo with Flair, Liz, Desbra, and Woman. Deborah showing off some underboob. Liz high as a fucking kite. And Flair cutting a short promo to allow for the horsemen to join. When Manoir comes onto the set, all of a sudden, Woman isn't molesting Gene anymore. You know, like for weeks and weeks, she's constantly trying to break Gene's concentration by messing with his tie or touching his face or, or rubbing on his arm or rubbing her tits all over him. And now, here's Benoit. Like, she started off the promo doing the touching Gene thing, and then as soon as Benoit comes onto the set, all of a sudden, her answer to herself. We're 16 months out from when they supposedly started their friendship that would piss off Sullivan to the point where they had that feud where it was really stiff. But they're having a feud right now that's really stiff. Benoit still fucking got a bruised up face. Look, all I'm saying is, there are holes large gaping holes in Sullivan's timeline. I know that Benoit's kid has like talked to Sullivan and sort of tried to clear the air that Sullivan didn't have anything to do with Benoit and everything that happened um, with Nancy and his, and his kid and everything like that. But look, just look at the love, the look of love that she has in her eyes. And she keeps having to force herself to stop staring at Chris. I, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And, of course, because they're elected cops, they're fucking retarded. I, Gomer Pyle motherfuckers. So I don't trust them to have solved anything. I don't think they could solve a holdup at the fucking Tasty Freeze. All right? That's Wiggums. They're all fucking Chief Wiggum. Anyways, Mongo screams something unintelligible into the uh, microphone about the horseman being some sort of global thing or whatever, and then the fucking promo's over. We got a commercial break with DDP teasing his upcoming match and a recap of Mongo's heel turn just before the shot from the briefcase. After that, you get DDP defeating Alex Wright in four minutes, 12 seconds. Another decently performed match. Two and a half out of five. Remember what I said last week about Macho putting over the pink and purple? Add DDP to that list. Well, I mean, other than the elbow pads. Still, DDP's coming along nicely, taking more time to work the crowd, and Alex Wright is still relying on his flippy dippy bullshit and being a twink. Wright remembers to work the crowd eventually during this comeback, but it's too late. The heel's stolen all of the heat, and the crowd couldn't give two fucks about the face anymore. Post-match, you get a promo with Gene and DDP at the bash. DDP is facing Duggan in a taped fist match, and DDP claims it's a conspiracy, but ultimately he puts over the match like a pro. Got a commercial break afterwards of the Savage promo about the Outsiders, Glacier Warrior promo. Fuck, I wish this hadn't worked on me. Jesus. God damn it. Your arms are just too short to box with God. Anyways, uh, there's afterwards, after the commercial break, there's a Gene ramp, <laughs> ramp promo with Kevin Green. Recapping Mongo's heel turn at the American Batch before letting Green have the stick and earn an FCC fine for WCW by promoting a Mongo hunt where he's going to kick his ass. Oh, got a fine. And Gene, of course, looks like a scandalized schoolgirl as a result. Uh, but this will happen after the NFL season wraps up. After this, you get Randy, Randy Savage with Kevin Green on his side, defeating VK Wall Street in 4 minutes, 37 seconds. Uh, that was not an awesome match. A one and a half out of five. We want Larry Chance to start up again for Zabisco. Fans really wanted Larry doing more of the commentary. Despite liking Heenan, I kind of agree with them. I like Lethal Larry. 
weird pins by Savage here where he puts one hand over Rotunda's mouth and the other over his fucking nose and he does it like three fucking times for the hard cam. It, it's really odd. I, I'm not quite sure what the fuck is going on here. Anyways, my takeaway from this match was actually that Rotunda spent an unusual amount of time adjusting his fucking singlet. So maybe... Maybe it's just time to go back to the pants and the fucking white shirt so he can stop playing with his fucking jock through the whole match. You got a commercial break after this with Sting and Luger teaser promo, apparently only thinking about the Steiners in their upcoming match. And that's followed by a WCW Magazine promo. Coming back from break, we have the main event. World Tag Team Title Triangle Match. Basically, this means there's three teams, uh, but only two active wrestlers in the ring at any given time. There you go. Problem solved. You, you don't eat... A lot of the times when I look up this shit, I get like this deep into the weeds. Oh, you know, harkens back to the fuck you. Two wrestlers in the ring, three teams. You cannot, you don't even have to be tagged in to lose your titles. There, problem fucking solved. Ten minutes flat. I gave this one three and a half out of five. Um, there in the entrance, Rick Steiner's favoring his left leg. I'm not really quite sure what happened here, although he does have a long history of his fucking, of his knees getting fucked up. Apparently, there was some sort of coin toss to decide that Booker and Rick would start things off. I'm not quite sure when that happened, since Tony Schiavone kept saying it like it was about to happen. I must have I must have missed it. But, I mean, Nick Patrick is one sneaky motherfucker. We're coming for you, nigga! Booker missed the spin wheel kick perfectly. Oh, that was an ill-timed fucking sound dump. Thank you. Booker missed the spin wheel kick perfectly, putting himself over the top rope where Sting shook the rope for a pop from the crowd. Got a commercial break during the match, followed by a chance from the fans cheering that we want flair. Well, of course they want flair. It's fucking Charlotte, and they haven't had him all night except for the promo. The outsiders here come down to the ring with bats and security makes a beeline for the ring to fend them off, sliding into the ring rather expertly for a bunch of fucking security guards, by the way. Meanwhile, Stevie Ray gets out of the torture rack and then inside cradles Luger right into the ropes where Booker holds down Luger's boots. Johnny on the spot, Nick Patrick, was able to catch the pin but completely missed the cheating win, even though it was happening two and a half inches away from his fucking hair. Two of the cops had their guns unclipped but still holstered. Now... Arguably, this is for effect, and apparently it's totally fine in North Carolina, even today. But it was just a little bit jarring that the two who did it were the smallest little fucking cops I've ever seen in my life. So maybe, just maybe, every little Napoleon complex motherfucker shouldn't be given a gun. I Just throwing that out there. Meanwhile, two black guys stole the titles right behind them. You can figure out the totally inappropriate, awful joke with that scene. I am not filling the blanks on that one. Now, I'm going to cover the dark match before we do a wrap-up of the show here because you can't come to Charlotte and not have a flare match. So Flair in a dark match versus Savage defeats him. Liz and Woman at ringside with him. Now, because, of course, this is Flair country, the, the show ended, and so... They need to have a flare match as a dark match for the main event for the arena audience only. So this is technically the co-main event if you were there live to watch it. Now, this flare choosing Savage, obviously to continue with that feud, because Liz and Woman are there, but also because Flair trusts Savage to help him put on a great match. Reports on this match all agree. It was a pay-per-view worthy match, and the crowd is crazy into it. I've got no footage to show you. I haven't seen any of it. I'm taking eyewitness accounts as pseudo evidence of that. It could be 
the fact that it happened in Charlotte, that anything that happens in Charlotte concerning a flare goes over, who knows? Ultimately, the match went over. Even if it was a garbage match, Flair was out there performing for his quote-unquote local audience. All right, wrapping up Nitro. Overall, pretty shit. I mean, compared to the last two, pretty fucking shit Nitro. Three out of five. And, and only because the end scene was done so well and got a hell of a reaction from the crowd do I even give it a three out of five. Because otherwise, this was shaping up to be a fucking two at best. So that's going to be it for this week. Now, I had to promote this a little bit because I forgot to last week. Bash at, the, Bash at the Beach 96, the birth of the NWO. We're going to do a live I, we're going to queue it up on the night uh, on the network. We're going to watch it live. My kid has never watched any nineties wrestling really. And never watched specifically any WCW nineties wrestling. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens. I listen, the Hogan heel turn. She knows who Hogan is. She knows that he's a, she knows that he's a face. I'm hoping that that gets our Bailey type reaction out of her. I don't know, but <laughs> It'll be at 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, July 12. We'll be doing the live viewing of the Bash of the Beach, probably right after I do the regular show um, that Sunday as it is. So you'll have your go home. That'll be your podcast, followed closely by a live viewing, which may be a podcast in parts because the file sizes get so huge that it makes it very difficult to download them. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, feel free to show up and chat at, uh, what is it? What is, what is the link for that? Can I can I give people the link for that? That'd be great if I could give people the link for that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Spreaker.com slash show slash mark dash out dash radio. There you go. That'll be where the live show is going on. That's what the chat is. Maybe we'll do something with Twitter too. We'll do a hashtag with Twitter. Email me at mlrmarkout at gmail.com with some suggestions for hashtags. I know sweet fuck all about Twitter, so I'd appreciate it. All right, that's it for me this week, you fucking animals. I'm out of here. Well, that was an abortion of a show. Should the mood take you, check out markoutradio.com and leave a comment. You can also find links there to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Stitcher channels. You can even leave a voicemail on our Skype. Just click the links and share them. 